Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You get ready to preach, right? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just take a moment. Amen. Aaron's about to come and share. We've been we've been going through a series. Hear and obey. How many of you have been here for all of the series? You've been here all of the series? Got a few people that's been here all of the series. If you haven't, you can go uh, listen to it um, on our um, on our webpage. Um, but I'm blessed to have the privilege to love love this place, love what God is doing at this local church. And um, I really believe we're in a we're in a divine opportunity. Something as simple as hear and obey could actually transform our lives transform the lives of people around us if every one of us who say we are followers of Jesus do we have any of those people here I just need one I just do we have we got two over here I saw two the Wojcicerias they're followers of Jesus I know some of y'all were wondering about Ramesh but he is he's an elder he's got to be a follower of Jesus he's an elder praise God we were teasing him on text messages today we, we got him he's a rookie elder so we work him all the time but here's the deal. The deal is, I mean, did you, that song was like crazy. If we meant it. So kind of sang it like she meant it. The rest of them, they sound like they meant that. Like, my heart, my will, my mind, you know, just go ahead, God, take it over. And then we're blessed again that we, we have practical tools. I mean, this, this, this is an amazing tool, this hear and obey. I'm older than most everybody in here. I see a couple of people. I see a couple of people. But most of y'all, I've lived a little longer. And I'm telling you, the practical application of this hear and obey will position you for an amazing life of God. So Erin's coming. and She's going to, you know, do her part to finalize the message. But I'm going to provoke you today to just in these. Now, she's not going to go long. She's worked hard to not go long like some of us. Praise the Lord. Don't you talk about me in my face. Praise God. Don't you do that right in my face. Say, that's you, Pastor. I'm going long all the time. So would you just do this with me? Would you lift your hands like this and say, Lord, I choose to hear and obey. I refuse to let my selfishness get in the way of what you want for me today. I choose to hear and obey. Amen. The Bible says give honor to whom honor is due. Let's clap our hands for Erin as she comes to minister to us today. Praise God. Thanks, Pastor Dom. I w- you can keep doing that. I'm not going to sing, but so, um, today as me and Orlando, uh, not today, this week as Orlando and I were playing in the worship set, he said, let's do take my life. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that song. Uh, he was like, why not? And I, as I, I thought through the lyrics of the song, it's like, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness is what you want from me. Righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. 
when you're asking God for holiness, for righteousness, for faithfulness, it's the it's a process by which he gives you those things. He doesn't ask you to just do it yourself, just be holy, be faithful. He gives it to us, but there's a working of his people that get in the process. We become faithful. We become holy. We become righteous. And I was like, oh, I don't know if we're ready to sing that, but I think in this season for our church, we're mature enough to say, Lord, we recognize that we're the clay and you're the potter. If you've got to break us down to build us back up into the pot that you want us to be, we're willing to do that. Are y'all willing for that? To do that? That takes an incredible amount of submission to the authority and the will of God. And y'all, that's where God has taken us. That's where God is taking us. So I love that we were singing this song and y'all were like hands lifted, singing out. And I was like, yep, Lord, do it for him. Do it for us. Do it for us as a people. Lord, show us where we're... It says in Jeremiah chapter... It says it in Jeremiah. And it says... That he told Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house and see how the potter made the clay. And the potter was on the on the wheel and he was making the pot. And he saw there was something weird going on with the pot. So he took that clay and made another pot. Y'all, God is, it might feel difficult. It might feel hard, but God is shaping us. God is making us into being the church that he's called us to be. The process will probably be painful, but we're going to be, we're going to be refined in the fire. And we're going to come out as pure goals. That's what our God is going to do for this church. I believe it. Do y'all believe it tonight? Do y'all believe it tonight? Father, I thank you for your spirit here. I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you're making us, that you're molding us, Lord, our hearts, our lives, our minds. Lord God, I pray that we would humbly submit to you and humbly submit to your will, God. Teach us what it means to submit, Lord, help me. Teach us what it means to submit. Lord, our lives are yours. This church is yours. Everything that we do, everything that we say, Lord, we submit it to you. Lord, I pray that you be glorified. That's the goal of our hearts, is that you would be glorified in our lives, in this church, in this city, in this neighborhood. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I got seven minutes, and I'm going to say this in seven minutes. Okay, there are two central... Y'all might as well stay up there. Y'all don't have to play, but don't go far. There are two central questions of following Jesus. Is that up there? One, what is God saying and what are we going to do about it? So for the past four weeks, uh, past three weeks, we've been working through this hear and obey tool as a way of helping us discern what God is speaking to us as a church. And we've also been on a 21 day fast to help sharpen our spiritual senses. Anybody been blessed by this fast? Amen. I've been blessed. Okay, so I'm just going to jump in and review. Johnny, can you go to the next slide? There we go. So week one, we talked about Kairos moments, right? And it's uh, pictured in the tool as a speed bump. And those are special moments that God has set aside to communicate to us. So for example, a Kairos moment could be when we're reading scripture, a particular verse just jumps out at us and hits us like a two by four. It could be a passage we've read a million times. And then it'd be like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we're like, oh, I shall not want, huh, somebody? Like it just hits us real good. Or 
her. It could be we're reading scripture and things that usually move us to tears. We're just like, I feel nothing. This isn't doing it. Like, I just, is this thing even real? Does prayer work? Those are also Kairos moments, can be Kairos moments. It could be a moment of great joy, the birth of a child or a loss of a loved one. And we took down time to mark down Kairos, Kairos moments throughout that first and second week. Okay, moving on to week two. We decided we were, uh, not we decided, but the next part of the tool is to pray. We prayed through this moment, those Kairos moments. We, we asked the Holy Spirit, why did this thing happen to me at this time? It could have happened at any other time in my life. Why now? And that's the beginning process of discerning what God is saying. And not only prayer, because there's more than just you and the Holy Spirit in this world of ours. We look into God's word and we talk to other people. Why? Because we have blind spots. It's like, so you know when you're driving down the road and you're on the highway and somebody's going 45 miles an hour on the highway and you just can't take it and so you want to go around them? You have to check your blind spot, right? Because there could be a vehicle in there. You could die in a fiery crack. Like it just, you have to check your blind spots and other people are like that head check right there. Like they help you see those blind spots. They're, They're also like mirror, your side view mirrors. Um, we're asking the key question, what is God saying? And when we figure that out, when we figure out what God is saying, we keep on moving. Once we have a clear sense on what God is saying to us, we keep on moving. So what God is saying to you could be, dear, I love you. And it could, or it could be, you're called to greater things, or it could be state bloom where you're planted. It could be any of those things, but when we hear it, when we discern it, we should have a concrete next step. And that's what we talked about in week three. We want to have a concrete next step when we discern what God is actually saying. For example, God could be saying to me, so I actually heard this word pretty clearly uh, this uh, like a week ago, and I told Toya about it. God could be saying, um, Aaron, I love you, okay? So what's my concrete next step okay it's could be quit quit seeking out love and intimacy from people who are counterfeits and frauds uh and stand-ins for the mighty god so what's a practical step i could say yeah i ain't gonna seek that stuff so a practical step is um i could ignore a late night text message and block a number or two you know what i'm saying just being real it's 2018 guys that's what's happening also, <laughs> so also accounts. That's the next part of week three. You still need other people. Let folks know that next step, that action item. Because if you keep it to yourself, guess what? You can act like it never happens. You can act like you didn't make that commitment. If somebody, if you know nobody's going to be like, hey, remember when you said you wasn't going to respond to them WID texts no more? Can I see your inbox? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you remember, like, I mean, you just need that accountability. God created us to be in community together, to hold each other account, uh, accountable. All right. So we're here on week four. This is the, this is my favorite part of the entire thing because it's the hardest, most grueling part. And we saved it for last, the last week and we don't have to talk about it no more after this. Here's the last part. Here's the rub. That last, oh, do you want to go, go back one, one more, boo? That last thing it says act. And then in, in act, that's like the obey part of hear and obey. Let's think about the parable of the foolish builder and the wise builder in Matthew chapter 7. I'm not going to read it, 
but we've been going through it week after week. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, the person who hears my words and does them is like a wise builder that builds his house against uh, upon a rock. And when the waves and in the storms and all the awful pestilence comes, it stands. Okay. Then he says, the person that hears my words and does not do what I say is like the foolish builder who built his house upon the sand. And when the storms come, when the waves come, when the wind comes, he becomes, his house is driftwood and it doesn't exist anymore. But here's the thing that we have to get. Both of those dudes heard the words of God. We like to pat ourselves on the back for doing the hearing. We feel holy. We feel sanctified. We feel anointed. I heard the voice of God, and he's speaking to me in my prayer closet, and it's audible. Does God speak to you audible? He's speaking to me audible. Like, it just, we just get so puffed up. But, show if you don't do what God says, it doesn't mean anything. Your life will still be driftwood when the seas and when the wind and the waves come. And so, the key here is hear and what? obey it's like i know building your house and i mean i'm sure if you were walking on the beach and you saw the two houses the one built on the foundation of the rock and the one built on the sand you were probably like man those are floor-to-ceiling windows i love those houses they were probably really flashy and the guy that built his hand on the on the sand his house on the sand was like oh i built my house so fast it's perfect i mean you probably wouldn't be able to tell until times of trial come and then things fall apart so it's it's for our own good that Jesus is saying this. It's a measure, it's an extension of his grace that he's saying, do the hard work of being fully obedient to me because I want you to stand. I want you to prosper. I want you to have abundant life. And y'all, the thing about obedience is you can't have obedience without submission. That's just how it works. And for many of us, submission is a four-letter word. So I remember, I think Ash, I saw Ashley come in. I remember, like, when Bellin was a very, very little girl. I'm sorry, Ashley, I'm telling your business. I remember when Bellin Mahias was a very little girl, and Ashley, I just was over at their house, and Bellin was struggling with the direction that her mother had given her. And there were tears, and Ashley, they were in the other room, and I was just sitting in the living room like, like just trying to like ignore on my phone but Ashley was like talking to her and Ashley said this Ashley said now look now say mama I will obey and Bellin was like no and but literally eventually Bellin like was in tears she's like mama I will obey and I remember hearing Ashley tell her baby to say yes I'm gonna obey and I was like that sounds awfully domineering I mean How can you impose your will on another human? Like, how can you, but like, there's an intrinsic level of like, there's a hierarchy in that word obey. And Jesus asks us to obey. So just like Belen eventually like through her tears and falling on out, not that your baby falls out, but she in that moment was falling out. She eventually was just, she submitted to Ashley's will and the baby obeyed and Ashley was so patient. And I feel like God is like that all the time. I was overcome with Ashley's patience in that moment. And we, I, listen, that's me all the time. God will be like, do this thing. And I'll be like, no, no, no. He would like, Aaron, say I'm going to obey. And I'd be like, no, no. And then I'd be like, okay. 
I'll obey you. But like literally God is so patient with us. But think about it. Just like Ashley knows that her baby needs to pick up her toys before she goes to bed. Or just like Ashley knows that her baby needs to lay down and take a nap. God knows what's best for us. That's the thing. He knows. We don't know. Y'all, we don't know. I can't say this enough. We don't know. We can't figure it out. So it's important for us when we hear the voice of God to obey. And listen, obedience is faithful submission. And when we obey, even in the little things, and especially in the little things, the trajectory of our life changes. So Jordan, you can go to the next one, baby. Okay. So you see this thing, right? I mean, this tool. So the car, you're driving in the car and there's a speed bump, right? So there's a straight line that's going on the line. Like you could just have the speed bump and just disregard. You could just have the speed bump and hear the word of God and not obey and still just be going on the way that you were going. But when we have these little small obediences, which is how transformation most often happens, y'all don't get caught up that when I make a change, it has to be this big drastic thing. No, it's like small obediences over time. When you change your trajectory, just a tick mark, just one degree on that protractor of life, you can radically I mean radically change like in the gap in between where you were going and where God is taking you it gets wider and wider and wider and wider and y'all that's transformation that is transformation. And so a lot of us have been asking this question all of our lives. Yo, how come I can't do right? How come I can't be right? How come, listen, God gives us the tools to both do and be right. He knows we can't do it. He gives us the power to do it. All we have to do is lend ourselves little by little to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. That's true in our individual lives. And that's also true for us as a church. If we would but tick in one direction, it would drive drastically change our influence in this neighborhood. It would drastically change the power of sin over each of our lives. It would drastically change it if we would just tick just one degree, y'all. That's what God is asking for us. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I think that was seven-ish minutes. That was like 14. Sorry. And so we're going to pray together. We have a couple more sections left in the service. Um, And I know there's a lot of us that are new here, and I'm so glad to see all the new faces. There are a lot of us here that um, ain't new. And so I hope y'all are okay. I hope everybody's okay with this. And if you're uncomfortable, that's okay too. We're going to pray together. So you can either be in partners. You can get a group of two or three. It could be a Yeah, no more than three people. And I would love for us to pray with and for each other that we would faithfully submit, that we would engage in a long obedience over time, a faithful obedience over time, and that we would see kingdom breakthrough as a result of that obedience. I pray, I hope that we're praying. I would like for us to pray that God would soften our hearts towards the will of God. Let's not forget that God's will is far superior to ours. Just like in Isaiah 55, it says, um, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Y'all, it's God's way is the best. So, and we're going to pray for that breakthrough in our individual lives and for us as a church. So, um, y'all find a partner? Y'all find a partner? 
Y'all did? Okay. So, um, we're going to pray. We're going to take like four minutes and we're going to pray. Everybody feel clear on what's, what to do? Yes. And after, hey, y'all, real quick, before y'all start moving, can I get y'all real quick? After you finish praying, I know we all love each other so much, but can we stay in a prayerful posture after we're finished? Just because other people are going to be praying and it might be distracting if we're kikin um, about the UVA Duke game last night. For he has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless Keep it in, or <laughs> um, I'll be brief. Uh, I have one of both to share. Um, and uh, over and over again, as I kept praying for what I felt like the Lord uh, wanted for our community, um, it didn't matter how much I didn't want to hear it, I kept coming back and uh, kept hearing the same thing, which was um, from Matthew 28 to as you go, make disciples. And so just the sense that I had was stay and really dive into discipleship, really dig into the people that are right in front of you that God has put in our lives and and press into discipleship and trust that his plan A works. Um, And personally, um, I... through many things that I won't go into, but I'd love to share. Um, God gave me a, a verse that, and, and a lesson in faith and what that looks like. Um, the verse is from Psalm 26, and it says, um, I have lived in reliance upon your faithfulness. Um, and when I read that verse through the series of events that had happened, through worrying about uh, how the Lord had led my wife to, who's, as you guys, most of you know, pregnant, to do a Daniel fast and whether or not she was going to get the nutrients and everything that the baby needed. Um, the number of times the power went out at our house, as Dorothy and Blaine can attest to. Um, just what does it look like to actually live in reliance upon its faithfulness? And that it's not power that I rely upon, electricity, I mean. And it's not food that I rely on. Daniel was healthier than everyone else. Um, but... It, it's Jesus. It's his provision. Um, and he can give nutrients and he can give power. He Amen. can make power come on in our house Amen. and help us to realize that we don't need power. Amen. So, Amen. Um, yeah. All right. So mine um, is a, I feel like a word that was born out of um, personal testimony to what the Lord's been doing. So the past, a uh, little over 21 days, about 30 days now, 
I've been experiencing pretty significant sleeplessness um, to the point where there were some nights I literally did not sleep. And um, I have a 10-month-old. That's not okay. Um, and yet, and he was sleeping fine. Um, but I was still functioning as if I had gotten a full night's sleep. Um, nights where I frequently, pretty much every night, minus the nights I didn't sleep, um, I was woken up at 2 or 3 in the morning and often couldn't go back to sleep. So I feel like I went through the cycles of grief, of denial, a lot of anger, um, bargaining with, with the Lord, um, to eventually coming to acceptance um, and realizing that perhaps he was waking me up. Perhaps he was wanting to speak to me um, and this was the way that he was going to do it because maybe I don't listen to him any other time of the day. Um, And so through that, I feel like he kind of gave me a word today for us that I want to share. Breakthrough has come and will come. It is the tension of the now and the not yet. In the meantime, while we wait, we must cling to what we know to be true, which is that Jesus conquered the grave. He has promised us that that same power lives in us. God is asking us to be completely open, to tear down our idols, to allow our wounds to be torn open, to put down our defenses so that he can step in and purify us, to mend the wounds with the balm that is his mercy and his righteousness. Um, And then I got this strong word for me and I think for us that we want full access to the kingdom without allowing God full access to ourselves Um, and so I was telling my husband about that and he was like but how do we do that how do we allow him full access to ourselves I don't really fully know um, but I do know that when I came to a place of acceptance with the sleeplessness um, there was a freedom and a joy that I have not experienced um, in a long time. And I felt like I was living in that like thin place. Um, they talk about a thin place of almost experiencing the spiritual realm. Um, and I felt like I, I was living there. Um, and then God reminded me of this story, I think, to help us um, get a little bit of a better idea of this idea of letting go. So I went um, on a whitewater rafting trip, and I was, like, super pumped. I was like, give me the class fours, the class fives. Like, I want to go crazy on this thing. Um, And the raft guide tells you if you fall out in the water, instead of fighting the water, you just need to ball up, and it will jet you right out and shoot you right out up to the surface. Of course, I fell out, and it was terrifying. I literally was drowning and I saw the raft like floating away thinking to myself I asked for this and I'm going to die in West Virginia and and I was fighting and seeing them coast away and then um, I think my body just stopped fighting it and I balled up like a little child would in a fetal position and it shot me right out Um, so hopefully that can give a little bit more clarity to this idea of like and kind of what Aaron was saying like to stop fighting it and allow the Lord to bring his submission 
and bring yeah. you into his obedience yeah. and you'll come to the surface. That's good. That's okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Harmony. I don't know if a lot of you know me. Speaking um, to Mike, baby. So what um, just mm-hmm. like happened over the past few months is um, I'm learning a lot about like the religions about the Greeks and the Hebrews and other stuff like that. And um, one lesson came upon something about uh, how they believe and what guys they believed in and what um, they were believing, what their beliefs were. And uh, my teacher was telling me something about the Greeks, and I was just sitting there like, I don't even know what to believe now. And um, I was talking to my sister one time, and I was like, she was like, she said something about trusting God, and I was like, I don't even know if I believe in God, um, because it just felt like, how could I believe in somebody who's taking a lot of people that I loved away? Um, this year makes like the one year I think that my uncle has uh, been gone and it just it's like been very hard on my family Um, we just had to accept the fact that he's gone he's like actually gone and like uh, at the ending of last year I lost a very good friend um, from like first grade Um, and it's just it's like overwhelming. I'm just like, how can I believe in you? And you're taking a lot away from me. And as I was talking to my mom during prayer time, she was like, um, God is taking these people to be with him. And you just need to trust and obey. But I was like, I, I'm sorry, mom, I can't obey. And she was like, daughter, say, I will obey. And I was like, ah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, Aaron just said this, and now you want me to say this? So like, <laughs> okay, I would say it. And um, I was just thinking to myself, like, I feel like I'm in this island by myself, and I'm just, like, surrounded by water, and I'm just, like, swimming and swimming. And my mom was like, um, don't, don't go out to sea when a storm comes. You need to build your house on the rocks. And I was like, you know, that sounds like something I would do, go out to sea in the storm. <laughs> and she was like, um, well, you just don't do that because that's something that you would do on reality and, like, just really don't do that. Why would you do that? That's, like, something stupid. And I just was sitting there. I was like, I don't think I can believe anything that you're saying right now until she pulled this book out to me. And she was like, I don't know why I brought this book, but God was telling me to bring it. And it was just like flip to this page. Um, It says, acknowledge the truth. It's for January 28th, which is today. And um, it's John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus said, "If if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And, um... I just was thinking to myself when I went up there to pray, I was like, look, I don't believe in you, and I just need you to, like, if you're speaking to me, please speak clearer, because I I definitely can't hear you, I'm sorry. And um, it just, (laughs) and um, I just was thinking to myself, what if God is real? And I told my mom, I was like, if 
I can't, like, us down here can't tell whether God is real, but we just believe that he is there. Only the people that have died and went to wherever they went can tell whether God is real or not. And I was just like, I just need some clarification right here because I really can't, like, tell. And I just thought to myself in that moment, I was like, you know what, you're, like, just need to loosen the screws, listen to people. You're like surrounded by this community and wherever that water is where you keep swimming out to and you like not getting nowhere at that time, you just need to like think of the village that's like around you. All these people that you have been around for your whole life, well, part of it, they're like there. And um, I was just thinking to myself like about what Aaron was saying. Um, when she was like, you know how you just go over a speed bump and you ignore it and you just keep moving on? It's just like what I feel like I'm doing. I just, God keeps calling me, but I can't hear him because I'm doing something else over here. And he just saying, well, Harmony, I'm going to need you to believe in me because you just need to. It's for your own good. And I'm just, just keep moving on. But, um, yeah, just keep me in your prayers. I really need it. Loved ones, real quick, just keep in mind there's a long line behind you, so if we could keep it as short as possible. Yes, ma'am. Not just you, Kenny. I got you. Um, I will say this. I'm humbled by the transparency. I don't know your name, but uh, I really respect you, and thank you for coming in front of everyone and sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as I'm concerned, you're a woman of God. Um, also, thank you, Whitewater Rafting Girl. I don't know your name either. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know anybody in this church. So, uh, wow. I need to repent before God just on that. Okay. Uh, in my defense, I think there's like 300-something of you, so I think I know like a solid 76. Come get my number afterwards. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to try and piggyback off of some of what's been said, uh, just because it kind of went along with what I was going to say, and I was like, oh, Jesus, yes. Uh, this makes it easy. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I and some of my fellow VCU students uh, did some prayer walks around campus, which was a really powerful time. Um, Monday morning was incredible and super cold. It was 20 degrees outside, and I've never felt my feet I mean, second only to when I was ridiculous and went barefoot out in the snow. I've never had my feet that cold. Literally, when I'm walking around, I'm like, I need some extra socks. <sighs> like, praying for God to send warmer weather. And the rest of the week was like, went from like 20 degrees to like, I can wear a tank top. Yeah. Which was fantastic for me. And that may not be a lot for you, but I was like, oh, yes. Because I was committed to the week. But Friday morning came and it was raining. So I, I, I had endured the 20 degrees, but... I didn't want to get wet, so I decided instead of doing a prayer walk, I was just going to have a prayer meeting. And um, I'd gotten there a little bit early, and the place we were praying had a front porch. And so I, I took that time to just kind of sit and, and meditate on the Lord. And um, it was really cool because I was just kind of sitting in the quiet and sitting just amidst the, the moderate chaos of the city and just the tranquil raindrops and all of this and just like through all of that and just in all of that I just felt the presence of the Lord come and I was like wow and then immediately got defensive and was like oh God I have all of this sin please no I'm not worthy and I'm like sitting there like like trying to like 
apologized for all these things. And it was cool because God just kind of was there with me and was like, Kenny, don't ruin the moment. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. Um, and it's so interesting because for me, I find so much of my value and my performance. And I think the prayer walks we did that week were incredible. And But like for me, like I'm always like doing something. And like I'm always trying to do something. And for me, it's always like doing something, praying, you know, evangelizing, witnessing, reading my Bible. Like those are all things to do. And I take those time to do those things. But like it, it, it was like eye-opening for me because it was the first time I was like just being. Like I was, I was not doing anything. I was just there and God encountered me. And, and God was like, look, Kenny, like you're always trying to do these things, but you need to learn to just be. And I remember looking back on people who were like, Kenny, you need to learn to rest in the Lord. And I would look at them and I'm like, you're trying to give me another thing to do. I got two jobs. I'm a full-time student. I'm doing this, this, this. I'm serving this many times and this many hours. And you're, yeah, you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm going to cut out my schedule. You, because I don't got enough time for this. <laughs> and it sounds rebellious because it is. Um, and uh, it just, for me, it, it's just so incredible to have God come into your life and, 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 and just speak to you and, and, and really just, instead of telling you to do something, just let you be, you know? She was talking about, like, you can fight, you can fight, you can fight in the water, like, like Whitewater Rafting Girl was saying. Or, or you can just kind of sit there and let what God is already doing put you, push you out of the water. And, and sometimes that's what's necessary. And for me, that's something that I wrestle with. And so just in, in this moment, I'm just going to pray for myself and just you guys as well. Father God, I just come to you as uh, desperate as I am to, 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 to find approval through my works. I come to you humbling myself, knowing that, you know, like I don't need to find approval in what I do. That approval is found on the cross and was paid for through what was done on the cross. And God, I just pray right now that, that we as a body would be able to receive the work that you did on the cross, God. We would be able to receive what is the power of the blood of Jesus. And and we would be able to walk in that, that we don't need to pay for intimacy with you, but that's something that is freely available to us. And God, I just pray for, for myself and everyone here right now that that wouldn't be something that we just theologically understand, but that would be something that we believe with how we live and with who we are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For the next one, since the line is growing, I love it. The line's growing, I love it. So it's going to be like the Oscars. And you know how like after like a minute they start playing the music? When you hear the music start to play during your thing, you got you got to land the plane in the next 10 seconds. Cool? So we're going to start with no music. When you hear the music, land the plane in the next 10 Hi, um, I'm Jordan. Um, so this past week I've just been like stressed and tired um what kenny was saying was like really powerful because i like to do and do and do um mainly because i'm just a very feeling person and my feelings come out in my doing but sometimes like the doing becomes like a burden um so this is a verse well a few verses that i have been reading the past few weeks and this is for everyone in here um i just want you guys to know like 
you have value just because you're a person. I don't know like who this is going to touch, but I'm praying that it's going to touch someone. Um, and there's a song, and it goes, I forgot the most important thing I know, that there's no one else I have to be, there's no one else I have to please, because I have the answers that I need, and that answer is that God created you. Um, and I've just been struggling with, like, wow, like, I should never replace God with a person, like, whoever that may be, my family, a boy, um, my teachers, my mentors, um, because they're still human and they're never going to satisfy me. So I just want to tell everyone here, like, that it's possible. Like, you can go on your own with God. Um, you don't have to have, have someone by your side to define you or to be your identity. Um, and this is just a verse that I want to read. Um, it's Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One, for he has endowed you with splendor. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn brush will go the juniper, and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will last forever. So um, I just wanted to say, like, just trust, like, to all the teenagers in here especially, um, and to the adults, like, we need you guys, like, we need your support, especially those of us who have chosen, like, to follow God, we need people to lean on, because it's not easy being different and being a Christian in today's society, so I just want to say to all the teenagers, like, that there's someone here who stands with you, God stands with you, and to the adults, I just say, like, reach out to those teenagers in your life, um, even if it's just like, hey, how are you doing? Like, I noticed you looked a little off today, um, because we really appreciate it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Hello, everybody. Um, I could not sit without given my testimony. I first want to say I'm not a part of this church um, in a sense of like a member, but I've been visiting, I think this is my third time here, and um, what you guys are doing in the spirit realm has blessed my life tremendously, so that's why I wanted to get up and testify. Um, so as I said, I've been, I think this is my like third time coming, but I've been um, fellowshipping with Chris um, Lee and Kimmy Lee and their family in the house church and I've been at the large gathering this is the third time and I met Pastor Don and Mother Florence um, and spoke with them and kind of fellowship with them as well and I know that God is here I know that God is with you all and I know that he is doing wonderful things and um, so just a little bit about my testimony Um, truly the Lord has blessed me 
Um, as you all were on the fast, um, I fasted with you guys, and um, the Lord has done some some really miraculous things. And for some, it may seem small, but for me, it's just a it's it's a really big matter. But the Lord has transformed my thinking, and 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 renewed my mind. And the things that He was showing me was not of this world. And so, um, just giving me a perspective of living kingdom in the world is really more to me than a million dollars because I'm walking around with a mindset of Christ. Um, And so that has really helped me in my day-to-day walk. Um, And and I, I felt like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders. I felt like the enemy was attacking me from every angle possible. And he was. Um, and I felt like um, I was kind of in it by myself. I felt secluded on an island. And God was showing me that he was putting people in my life to walk with me in it. That he was with me in it. That he was in me in it. And that what was in me was going to come out. And um, I, just pr- I just praise God for that because... Um, you know, the Lord, the Lord really helped to transform my thinking. Um, there were, you know, I had a lot of anger um, and a lot of anxiety. And there were, um, you know, the way, the way that I responded to things was not the way that God wanted me to respond to it. And he even showed me in the midst of it that, the, you know, the scripture that you all was reading about my, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. He was even showing me how that was possible here on earth to live that out. And um, uh, example of that is like with my anger and me responding the way that I responded, he was showing me how to respond Um, so much in a way that it may look weird to other people because they're like, well, this person is doing this to you and you're responding in love like you're being humble. You're you're going to just sit there and take that. But that's what Christ did. That's how he walked. And so I think what God is trying to say to this church is to walk out kingdom. You know how they say in the world, walk it out? Well, that's what we're doing, essentially, (laughs) right? We're walking it out. We're walking out kingdom. And so it's going to look weird. Um, The other thing he gave me, too, was that in this, when I tell you that there were so many people around me that I had to drop off and I had to go in my secret closet and say, Lord, I want to hold on to these people because they're so close to me. They've been with me. They're in church, too. Right? They're in church too. They've been with me this whole time. But they're in religion. They're not in God's kingdom. So I had to drop a lot of everything I know. Everything that I know I had to drop. And so God was showing me, you can drop you drop that because I'm with you. And I'll do in you what I need to do. And you'll show the world what I want you to show the world. And that is Christ in you. So thank you all. I have had a fearful 21 days of fasting. And what I mean by that is I've had a lot of sickness. I've been afraid for my health. The weather is bad. I've been afraid of getting in accidents. Uh, I've been threatened at my job. I've been afraid of getting hurt. And I work with people. I've seen them be afraid, afraid for where they're going to be tomorrow, afraid for where their next meal is going to come from. 
afraid of not being treated fairly. And early in the 21 days, I got a word that I think is meant for us in the church as who we're going to be when we are doing the work that we're called to be doing. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is a really uh, famous and sort of central verse in uh, Hebrew scriptures called the, the Great Shema, which means hear. So you can kind of see how it links to um, hear and obey, because it starts with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And a little later in the the same chapter, when your son asks you in time, in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in And give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. I was thinking um, corporately as we think about the direction the Lord is taking us in and thinking about the future of our body. I also wondered, what about our past? Do, do we, we're trying to hear from the Lord about where we're headed, but have we yet fully comprehended where we've been? And um, I really am a person who loves the prayer of examine. It's uh, every morning, um, most mornings, uh, I, um, I get up and the prayer of examine is all about thinking back over the last 24 hours. And it's thinking about consolation and desolation. Where did you feel close and connected to God? And where did you feel distant from God? And I just kind of wonder, what are the consolations and desolations for the past 11 years? What are the markers? Have we analyzed those? Can we interpret what has happened to us as a body in the past 11 years? And in doing so, would we gain greater clarity about our identity. I also think about as an adult, if you go to counseling, a common theme is to talk about your past. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your relationship with your father and your mother and your siblings. Tell me the, the great moments of triumph and the moments of disaster. And in analyzing those things, we learn more about ourselves, our identity, and helps us uh, gain a picture for the future 
So I think that's just what the Lord was challenging me with that I wanted to extend to the body is who have we been the past 11 years? Have we analyzed and interpreted that to gain clarity for where we're going? Thanks. So what I heard pretty loudly and was affirmed through some really cool moments throughout the fast is I feel like God's calling us as a church and more importantly, individually uh, to pursue genuine relationships with the neighbors that he put around us. Um, one thing I want to name is when we think about that, there's a hundred reasons that come to our mind of why we can't do that or we can't do that now or why that's not going to work. And that's because the enemy doesn't want us to love our neighbors, yeah. like at all. Um, so a few thoughts that came to my mind to dispel some of those things. To love your neighbors, you don't have to be a super Christian or an expert on neighboring. You just have to be obedient to step out your door, look around, and talk to somebody. Uh, when we read the passage of the Good Samaritan, um, if he hadn't even gotten on the road, he never would have seen his neighbor. If when he was walking down the road, he was focused on what he was, had to do that day, or looking at his feet to make sure he was going the right direction, he wouldn't have seen his neighbor. Um, it's not up for us to find our neighbors. We just have to step out and trust that God's going to put people around us. Amen. Um, the other thing is, if you have hands in the room right now, I want you to raise them. All right. Hopefully everybody's putting their hands up. If your hand's up, you have a neighbor around you. You don't have to live in a certain part of the neighborhood or live around certain people to have neighbors around you. Um, I've heard people say before, well, on my block, like, it's $400,000 homes. And so, like... No, God wants you to talk to whoever is around yeah, you. That's good, Paul. And so I just want to challenge, encourage you, if you're afraid, if you're concerned, if you have reasons, put all that aside and say, God, who is it that you put on the road for me to talk to? And just go out and just say whatever God puts in your head. And I promise you God's going to work because, like I said, there are moments during this fast where he gave me some deep encouragement from moments where we just talk to people. So these are our last very brief three. That's it. The last three. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do this fast at all. Um, and I'm really humbled, uh, and should be unsurprised that it was actually really good, particularly just like looking back on it today. Um, like individually or like as Bradley and I are about to get married and, um, just like my perspective about community and people in general. Um, First, I only did the fast because my wonderful housemate, Anna, who I think is doing child care, uh, came home after the first church and was like, hey, I thought of you at church today. And I was like, oh, I missed it, and asked about the fast, and I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do it. Uh, and then after that conversation, I was like, wait, no, I really need to. So I did, but I thought it was two weeks because I had missed church that day and missed that memo. And last week I had a trip, and I like went on that trip, and I broke the fast thinking that the fast was getting broken. And then realized I was wrong. And so this past week, I was really grumpy. I was like, this fast is supposed to be two weeks. I don't want to do it. It was an awful week. Like, it was just like, my grandma's in the hospital. It's just like a really overwhelming bad week. And I'm so glad the fast is still happening. Like, it was so good for me. And it helped me realize, like, a lot of the things I was relying on and how those things weren't God. Um, And it also helped me realize that I was relying on people for too much and getting disappointed in people. um, And not relying on God. Um, and God's still doing good things, just maybe not through the people who I want to expect to do the things. Um, and so all around really, really good in a very unsurprising way from someone who is really, really bitter and unwanting to do it. So <laughs> thank you, church, and thank you, God. All right, so 
God gave me a picture when I was praying for our church and for the direction that we should be heading. Um, and I don't know what the picture means, but I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to share it anyways because it's not fully formed, and I feel like maybe he gave someone else in the room a picture like that's supposed to match this picture. So, um, yeah, the picture I got was just like um, a couple that kind of kind of looked like Pastor Don and Florence, but kind of not, but it was like generally like kind of looked like you guys. Um, and then um, the couple, well, the wife was holding a baby and it kind of almost looked like it was like a nativity scene because um, there was hay on the ground um, and there are stars in the sky and it's really pretty. Um, but yeah, they're just like looking at the baby. But then that was one side of the picture and then there was like I could tell that it was kind of cut off so I feel like there's more to that and I don't know what any of that means but I just felt like it needed to be shared Pastor Don said if you have the other part come talk to him if you didn't hear it so. All right. my name is Jenny um, I was on the first day of the fast. I was really excited about the fast because um, I felt like it helped me feel really included into East End, which I was excited about. Um, I was reading from Luke. Um, I'm just going to read a part of it. Uh, then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. Um, this is the part that stuck out to me, verse 39. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. Um, I was thinking about that for myself at first, because um, when you're doing a fast, it's getting into new rhythms and putting old things down and living into something new. And after the three weeks, I, I didn't want to go back to those old things. I want to, I want to live into what God spoke to me in these three weeks. But I feel like that for our church as well in this community, that um, it's easy to slide back into old things and old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things, things that we rely on um, when God is saying, I want you to move forward in these new things. So... I just need to follow up on what Jenny just shared because at 3 o'clock in the prayer time that was exactly what we felt like the Lord said that this is not an end this is a beginning and what I personally saw was these big Gates opening up, and the people of East End going forward. Mm-hmm. And I know it was to a very good place. Mm-hmm. There'll be challenges, but this is a beginning, Amen. not an end. Amen. I mean, let's give God praise for us. Oh, oh, just one more. Just that's it. That's it. Sorry, but my heart's beating really fast because um, what Jenny said, I kind of wrote down as well. So I wanted to share it. Um, 
Yeah, I felt like the Lord said to EEF that it's time for new wine. I've been trying to do a new thing. Don't you see? Why are you so resistant um, to me creating the new wine skin for the new wine? The wine skin is too full with other stuff. I cannot pour out my new wine. And I saw a vision um, of just a person kind of like with their mouth open and the Lord kind of pouring wine in, but it was like there was something like blocking it, like it was just kind of and just spraying out everywhere. Um, but what he wants to do is just to pour the wine in and then just to let it flow through us and just pull out mm-hmm. into the community. So. Amen. You gotta know. You gotta know. You gotta know. I think we. I think we need another song too. I think. Are we trying to do celebration? I'll be. What, what's the song? All right. All right. Well, so before we do that song, we just need to stop. We just really need to stop. Just stop. I'm offered to the witnesses, let every word be established. After all of that, right at the end, you get. So just stop. First, personally, what's the new wine for you? Where is the place you're settling for the old? now for the elders we're going to meet later tonight it's also connected to Murray's word just give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying show us as the appointed ordained servant leaders of this local house where are we settling for the old show us how to be open for the new Jesus name amen go ahead and touch the person beside you because we get ready to make a serious shift here but they y'all say y'all want to do it so we're going to do it I'll make a serious shift. And if you haven't, get, get, get your children. Go get your children. Praise God and love. Tell somebody you love them when you pick your child up. Say, I love you. So whatever they mad about, they'll get over it. Praise God. We got animal for dinner, them. y'all. All right, Aaron, go ahead. I'm going to live so God can use me.
done this in a long time but we got to roll out tables and we got to do something with the chairs because we've been to eat y'all oh 